Listeners be advised. The Holiloquy podcast discuss matters related to the human experience and many that are sexual in nature. Due to this, some conversations may surround triggering topics such as sexual violence, self-harm, abuse, and much more. Please be advised, a list of crisis and psychological resources will be available in the show notes of this episode. With that said, let's get started with the show. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention please as we go through the following safety instructions. In the event that there is a loss of cabin pressure, oxygen mask will drop from the overhead. Place the mask over your nose and mouth. Breathe normally as oxygen is flowing even if the mask does not Make sure you adjust your own mask before helping others. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to the Whole Little We Podcast, where we step out and speak on sexuality. This is your favorite host, Vernon T. Scott, also known as Slater Jackson, and for you freaky motherfuckers out there, Sebastian Adams. On today's episode, we are discussing sex work, and who do I have the pleasure of speaking with today? It's a fabulous and beautiful motherfucker by the name of Dimitri Wiles. Demi for sure. Hi. How art thou? I'm great. And for all you freaky motherfuckers out there, you can call me Helen's ass. Ooh, yes. <laughs> I fuss with it. Yes. <laughs> so look, we got two freaky people. On. Yes. Don't you love it? Artists, I know you all love it. Yes, yes, yes. Be freaky. <laughs> Enjoying OnlyFans. Uh, anyways. Once upon a time, I was considering. <clears throat> considering that sorry <laughs> i'm not gonna do that anymore whoops with a vape attacks <laughs> whoa don't vape when you're doing a podcast kids <clears throat> oops i should not be laughing i should be asking are you okay i'm a whore i'm fine <laughs> oh god it's just like don't vape when you're doing podcast kids Bad no, idea. it's not your fan friend Mm-mm. so demi who the fuck are you so the audience know exactly what you do all the things hook up horror stories all that you know <laughs> right um so i'm a sex writer and educator i basically have uh, turned my entire life into the thing that uh, scares me the most i which is sex and dating and the tumultuous lives that happen in between i have a i have two blogs one is the deviant diaries that's my own um, personal memoirs. And then I have a deviant's guide to sex, which is kind of like uh, a how-to guide for the modern age of how sex and dating works. Mm. And I have a podcast called Hook Up Horror Stories. And we all have a few of those, I think, in, mm. <laughs> in our backlog. <laughs> Chile. Oh, my God. Mm-mm. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, uh, with this day and age, with these apps and with these um, people that's in society, yeah, we have way too many. Mm-hmm. No, way too many. Way too many. It's just like, why? 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 Can we just not have safe sex? You know, just be like, I trust you. You trust me. And we just hook up. You know, we have these conversations. I don't have to worry about my life being in danger. Like, can we just know too much? Can I, can I, you said safe, safe sex. Can I, can I question you on something? Mm-hmm. Is there safe sex? Is there such a thing as safe sex? 
I, I will say uh, for safe sex, it depends on the person and what they the, define as safe. So safe can be uh, security, meaning that uh, the location that you're going to is mm-hmm. uh, predominantly a safe place and secure mm-hmm. and homey feel. Uh, it can be using uh, protection. It can be uh, anything in between that. Letting your friend know exactly where you're going, sharing your location, all those other things. That's all smart safety tips. Yes. Mm-hmm. But my, my, I challenge you this. I don't think there is such a thing as safe sex because of the emotional risk that it takes as well. Mm. I think in every encounter, you have an emotional risk of getting attached to that person, whether you intend to or not. And I don't think it, no matter whatever safety measures you take, into, nothing can prepare you for that. Yeah, I will say that's a very fair um, statement there. I, I will, I will, I definitely agree with that <laughs> because most definitely if it's one of those sexual experiences that was just too good and you accidentally get hooked on just that feeling. Digmatized. Yep. Yeah. It happens. It happens. Mm. I think I have a hookup horror story related to that one, but that's completely different. <laughs> we that's all not do. What we've, <laughs> all, we've all been digmatized at some point or another. And that's the thing. It's like, oh my God, like I, I think I really like this person. No, no, no. You just really like the sex. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That, that's why I'm here. That Let's burn to control your emotions. Like, do you need to talk to your ther- therapist about this? Like, so that yeah. they can let you know you're <laughs> not in love with that person. You're just strongly infatuated because you had great sex. And yep. you're so, like, you frequently have mediocre sex, and that one wild factor just changed your life for a little bit. Just it's not what it was. Yeah, that's that's where my my problems usually kick in is, is where I get a little too attached to whatever's happening. Right, right. Ugh. It's like the that honeymoon phase. Mm. I love it, though. I do love a good honeymoon phase. But when you uh, have to have that self-talk of, you know, this is too early for you to be this deep, right. bring that back. What are you doing? <laughs> Understand where you are. Therapy is important, people. Go to therapy. Okay. Why? Well, I don't go to therapy, but I mean, I have a podcast. So, I mean, that's basically therapy, right? Yeah, in a way. Yeah, <laughs> that's how most comedians like have their therapy sessions. So I'm mm-hmm. like, <laughs> it works. Yeah. <laughs> so let's get started with the topic of sex work. The first thing right. that we were going to talk about is what is human trafficking? Right. Um, so I am a, um, a human trafficking advocate. I have a certificate in this from Polaris Project. Um, I So basically what human trafficking is, is it's forced labor or sexual slavery. So there's basically two kinds of, uh, of human trafficking, which is labor or sex trafficking. And it's all over the place. It could be anywhere in the world and there is, is some form of human trafficking that's happening there. You could probably think of something that happened like really recently um, at a Mavericks game in, in Texas. There was a story of a girl who was literally taken from the game and uh, sold off into slavery for like days where she was repeatedly drugged. She had no idea what was going on to her. And she was just there for like, I, I forget the time frame, but like 10 days, I think is how long she was gone. And they couldn't even find her. Like the police actually didn't even get involved. But um, basically, yeah, it's, it's, um, <laughs> it's a whole nother story. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, like basically the, the police didn't even get involved. And um, that's just one form of sexual of, of sex uh, trafficking, which is basically kind of like a kidnapping, which is actually quite rare in my, um, it, it does tend to happen, but it's really something that happens a little bit closer to home. 
So basically there's two kinds, labor trafficking, sex trafficking. Labor trafficking is usually um, from people who, you know, need a job or, you know, they're kind of sold off into these places where they're not really sure what to do, but they're kind of like trapped in a way. Mm-hmm. A lot of immigrants happens, like a lot of like, like labor workers, mig- migrant workers um, are victims of this. So yeah, it's a very complex topic. It's a very complex system that's in place. See, the question that's sitting on me right now is like, where does a person start to help in the prevention process? Well, that's kind of where it gets a little bit tricky because like, how do you identify who is being sex trafficked? So um, anyone can can be trafficked, anybody, any single person. It could be black person, white person, male, female, um, you know, anything in between, but women, women of color, immigrants, and the LGBT community are the most vulnerable. Mm. So you kind of start there in the kind of signs of being, being a victim are maybe a little bit more subtle at times. Like you're not going to really going to see a whole lot of like, you know, violence unless that is part of the situation. Um, and a lot of the times people don't even know they're being trafficked because they are, um, kind of, there's a grooming or a manipulation that comes in place. Um, with, with this because it comes from kind of people that are close to the victim. Um, it could be a lot of uh, family members. It could be a lot of um, uh, spouses, even, um, you know, people close to them. The case with the Mavericks game was very interesting because she met the people on the internet. She met the people on Instagram and then they kind of like sideswiped her. So that kind of thing does happen too. But again, it's quite rare. So when you actually, basically the victims are, people who have a need that the traffickers can fill and so basically that could be food money housing things like that so that's kind of where you can kind of start identifying where people are being a victim of this and usually people are being watched very closely by other people they're a little bit afraid to um like they can't go out they can't like you know meet outside of a certain time Mm -hmm. um they have a person who's kind of like watching them all the time that's another thing to kind of watch out for but yeah, like there, there's definitely some abuse, some neglect, some level of control that's being uh, inflicted on the victim. Mm. Some days I do wish that um, we had more PSAs uh, surrounding like issues related to like human trafficking and whatnot. I know like mm-hmm. here in Georgia, we have a training that most employees, state employees take, but at the same time, uh, it should not stop at state employees and i think the reason why i see this is because i work in the education system and it is good for us to uh, recognize if a a student that um we're that's within our care is possibly being uh, trafficked but at the same time these same students aren't getting the same information that we're getting they're not uh, exposed to how they can recognize human trafficking uh, within their peer groups or uh, if a friend were to tell them certain things that's going on with them Um, like I remember something happened to a cousin of mine uh, not too long ago where um, she just ran away and uh, I learned that um I don't think this happened um, during the time she ran away, but um, she was sexually abused at one time in her life. Mm -hmm. And while she was uh, like away from her family, all the thoughts in my head were going around like, okay, what if somebody finds her on the streets? What if something, um, someone were to like 
kidnap her, exploit her, what if someone right. were to like traffic her? Like we, we uh, most of the family does not know what to look for. No, no one really knows uh, how to help her out of the situation if she were to fall into that. And even with her peers, uh, some of them may have um, may have met someone who's uh, older, who's grooming them into becoming uh, a, a sex trafficked person. And mm-hmm. they don't recognize that they're recruiting someone else just to be a victim of the same thing that they're being victimized for. And they right. just don't understand everything that's going on. And having that uh, like PSA to educate people on an ongoing basis, I see that as being a lot more helpful most definitely to our most vulnerable populations, our children, uh, our college students, staff workers, people who are in abusive relationships outside of these relationships. It just helps everybody as a whole if we do have these conversations a lot more. Completely, yeah. Um, I like to use a lot of like my content. Like I, I studied journalism uh, in college, so that's kind of like my my backup degree, I guess. Because <laughs> I didn't even get a degree, but you know, that's what I studied and. I love the news. I love the news, number one, as information, but also as a teaching method. So like I do a lot of like news segments on my podcast. I do news segments in my content I create. And the way people can really learn about this is kind of like set up a Google um, a Google alert for human trafficking or like sex trafficking alerts. Mm-hmm. That way you can kind of see the things that are being documented in real time and what to look out for. You know, it, just be a little bit aware because I feel like sometimes these signs can might lead you down a place that like maybe they're they're not being trafficked. You just might think they're being trafficked and that could be a little uncomfortable to like navigate. <laughs> but at least you are kind of prepared for that moment that if it does happen to someone, you know, that you're a little bit more prepared to like how to handle it. Mm. Um, so, yeah, just like go to the people that like understand this. Go to the people. Go to the what's the what's the saying? Find the find the beacons, find the people, find the people who know about it, essentially. Mm-hmm. I feel like RuPaul says that. <laughs> <laughs> find the light. I don't know. I forget, I forget the saying. Essentially, make sure you find somebody who knows what they're talking about. Exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> the moral of the story, but I, I definitely get it. Uh, and I think that's uh, an important message because even when I don't know how we're at this point in our society that we no longer trust the people who are the experts. Um, right. It's so There's weird. a whole lot of misinformation in the in the world in general, and especially about human trafficking. Like, we can talk about Pizzagate for, like, days. The Holiloquy podcast focuses on the variability of sexual expression. When it comes to sexual expression, we often depend on pornography to illustrate how one must perform sexually. For those who have not learned this by now, the stuff you see in porn is not real. Pornography provides a singular perspective of sexual expression that is not often the reality we see during our own sexual encounters. The Holiloquy Podcast is a conversation that takes you outside of the compressed box of what many know about sex. Some of the topics we discuss includes kinks, condom usage, status disclosure, and past sexual experiences. The Holiloquy Podcast steps out on sexual norms and recognizes that the norm is not the only normal. Subscribe today and join the conversation. In the the world in general, and especially about human trafficking, like we can talk about 
Pizzagate for like days because like that was a whole thing. Everyone's heard about this. Obviously, it was it was a conspiracy theory. It wasn't a real thing, but that's kind of like everyone's first impression of what human trafficking was. It was like mm-hmm. there is Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama are selling children out of a pizza shop in DC. Like, what? That's not a thing. Meanwhile, you have people like Jeffrey Epstein who are completely getting away with it because of their privilege, you know? So and there's a whole the lot of like there's a whole lot of misinformation about it. I think with that misinformation comes with the doubt of the people who actually know what they're talking about. Mm. Like, I, I, honestly, for the most part, Jeffrey Epstein did get away with it. Like, no, he didn't. No, he finally got caught, but he he had been caught before. He had been caught several times. They had been yeah. tracking him for like years. Um, and then, yeah, he still kind of escaped getting any sort of repercussions for it because he killed himself. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, but Ghislaine Maxwell was the one who procured the victims for him. Like she mm-hmm. was the one that actually, cause they had, they had a thing, but he wasn't reciprocating for her anymore. So, so their kind of relationship was based on the fact that she could procure girls for him. Mm-hmm. And that was their extent of their relationship. And she's in prison now, Yeah, but it's, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, the people, the real victims. Yeah. Like this, we, we really, we, we blow out of proportion, the things that are more, um, that are more rare, you know, because they're so, they're so crazy, you know, the things that remember us most, but the real victims are the ones that are the everyday people that are being trafficked. Mm, exactly. And which uh, brings me to the next uh, topic, which is the evils of exploitation. Mm-hmm. Um, because uh, I think I think we were talking about how uh, in the system that we live in, it is like the, the lack of protection for so many people just makes mm-hmm. it so much easier for them to be exploited. Most definitely yeah. like for people who may be trans or within the LGBTQ community. And I think about um, further along in our history where um, when you just have a uh, uh, with that this person may be uh, within the LGBTQ community, they're not getting hired. So because they're not getting a job, what are the options do they have other than to um, make money through the oldest profession out there, which mm-hmm. is um, sex work? And that cycle continues to this day uh, where um, you may have all the qualifications for a, a specific job and you're not getting hired because we don't like the way that you look. We do not like the way that uh, your hair is. We don't like the fact that you may be trans. We don't like the fact that you're queer. So yes. just how exploitation just lead people into vulnerable uh, positions. Exactly. And that's the thing is like victims don't really see themselves as victims as they, there's a particular kind of grooming that happens um and like a manipulation that even happens that really solidifies the emotional bonds that the victims have with their exploiters and that's what makes it so nefarious because like they don't really know what's happening to them because a lot of them are like you know young young people and we don't know these things we're not taught these things a lot of them come from different backgrounds you know socioeconomic backgrounds so obviously there's a little bit of like vulnerability there as well or a lot of vulnerability in a lot of cases and a lot of the times too, if they even try to leave that they're even threatened with violence or that they're going to be cut off completely. So there's a real sense of fear that goes along with that as well. And that's kind of how evil it is because it's so nefarious. Like you can't really, you can't really nail down like a a boogeyman, you know? Mm. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I think of this time when I was working in higher ed, well, kind of still in higher ed, but I was working in housing 
and there was this young lady who we learned um, that summer was um, being sex trafficked. And of course, uh, my position can only go so far, but just to talk to like the officers like, hey, this is what's going on. And then it's just, a, well, what can we do? Um, mm -hmm. kind of mindset um, and I'm like maybe reach out to her and find some type of way to help her out get her out of this situation might help you know do something because <laughs> I'm not the person who has the weapons because I don't know if th this uh, young lady has a pimp or anything and I don't know what they're packing and I'm not going right. to pull up and try to fight for the safety of this person and I don't have the means to protect myself other than my hands and people don't like to use hands these days so what can you do to help this young lady um became the conversation unfortunately nothing um off the bat you can't really put yourself at risk for to try to be a savior for someone else so they kind of have to like save themselves in a way you can guide them and help them uh become educated as to what's happening to them. So that's going to be like the best method for it, I think, is just kind of like have a conversation with them or like have a continuing conversation with them and really kind of like get to know them, start to build a trust with them and then kind of like start gathering information as much as you can. And then once you have the information that you need, then go to the authorities. Mm, that's good to know. I yeah. appreciate you. So anybody who knows someone that's in that predicament, there you go that's that's i would say it's not There's the, tons the of hotlines around actually when i was in new york just in february there were stickers on every single door and in the hallway and in the elevator of um a human trafficking hotline that's literally on every single like surface there so there's even in bathrooms at the airport air airports are a big place for this too by the way mm. um but Atlanta. yeah it's it's definitely one of those things that's becoming more available and the information is becoming more available um but yeah it's it's definitely tricky you can't go in there on your white shining horse and try to save the day you have to kind of like help in a much more softer way mm, similar to like someone who's uh who's like a victim of abuse in right. a way right. um so that's good to know. And yeah, when you said airports, my first thought was the Atlanta airport because it is a major um, uh, contributor to sex trafficking on a global scale. Uh, if yeah. anybody did not know that. Um, so. How I got into this was such a weird story too. Like I, I, I was on TikTok. Oh, TikTok. <laughs> I've, I've definitely had like a lot of like interest in this subject and I've kind of like picked some things up over the years, but there was... And th that information kind of like guided this, this kind of new thing that, cause I saw this girl who posted this TikTok about her being sex trafficked. And I was like, wait a second, this is like an influencer. She was saying that she was being sex trafficked by like black China. She's a nut job, you know? So I immediately like smelled the bullshit detector. So I was like, let me research this. And so I researched her first of all, and then I researched um, like more about human trafficking. What are the signs of it? And the signs that she was dishing out were not the sign. Traffickers don't go for influencers. They don't go for people. Not only that, this girl was actually on the Dr. Phil show back in the day because she's a compulsive liar. Mm. <laughs> you know? So I, I immediately smelled the bullshit detector and I was like, you know what? I'm going to make a TikTok. I'm going to I'm going to explain exactly what this is. I'm going to explain why it's incorrect. And then I'm going to make even more videos about what human trafficking is. 
So that kind of like delved me into like this world a little bit more. It got so it's that was like my first viral video. Mm -hmm. And she the girl actually started commenting on that because people were like, oh, my gosh, she's so full of shit. And it's like, well, yeah, duh. And then she was like, no, 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 don't listen to him. He's just trying to get views or whatever. I'm like, no, girl, I'm just trying to like call the bullshit. (laughs) You're a bullshitter. (laughs) (laughs) So I fell into it on accident. But at the same time, I'm like, this is kind of what I really want to do is like be be a, a vocal person for people that might be experiencing this or even just to educate others on the subject. And we appreciate your work as needed. Um, and I, oh, these influencers do bother me. <laughs> <laughs> the reason why is because, um, like, my my background is in um, sexual assault and rape culture. Right. And uh, my best friend, she was telling me about this one influencer who was talking about how she went out and, like, talked to this. Well, it was, she was in communication with another influencer and they engaged in sex consensual sex like Mm -hmm. they've talked about sexual diseases and everything lack protection all these conversations were had and then there was a moment when um she learned that he was engaged with other people so he did not already tell her that he's engaged with other people now it becomes a health concern he probably gave me something i was uh, sexually assaulted because he didn't tell me about this other i'm like what is what the fuck is going on here (laughs) like the misinformation that this influence was a uh, influencer was able to provide their uh followers around this situation Mm -hmm. rather than just holding themselves accountable or even just acknowledging their own hurt feelings in the way like made it possible for one influencer to lose followers lose whatever finances they were making on their platform have allegations about them um glad i I don't know if there was any kind of defamation thing that was um, that was had as a result of this it's just i'm so tired of people without any educational background or any type of knowledge about the things that they're saying and just throwing things out there. Did you hear about the story about the, about the Idaho five or whatever, about how they were, do do you know the story about the the kids that got murdered in their house in Idaho? Oh my God. College kids. Yeah. They, it's a huge story. Um, It was like all over the place for like all last year. Um, But they finally found the guy, but um, basically um, there was a woman on TikTok who was um had a bunch of like she was a tarot reader and like an astrologer or something. She was a fucking weirdo, but she was also like one of those couch armchair murderinos who are you know fucking misty from from Yellow Jackets. Ooh, <laughs> she yes. she so Jackets. she said, you know what? It's the professor. It's the professor that that did it. Blah blah blah. Yes, I heard about that. This girl has zero qualifications whatsoever. She's just, and she said like the spirits told her this and like blah, blah, blah. And so she kept saying it even after they got, she like the, the professor issued a cease and desist. She kept doing it. And because, because of all that, I don't know what happened afterwards, but these people who have like this, this area of influence in whatever it is that they are doing can easily spread misinformation just Mm -hmm. because they're weird, you know? Yeah, it's like almost oh, definitely when it comes around sexuality and people talk about relationships and this is how a relationship is supposed to be. 
my my thing is whenever someone is talking about these things just say for me at the end of that like right just so people understand that when you say a woman should be this a man should be this and you acknowledge for me that means that is for you only and whoever you choose to engage with but when you have this blanket ass statement and say that this is what um how your relationship should be and now these young people who um probably have not seen a healthy relationship in their lives is following that same message because it's the loudest one you're just ruining a lot of people's lives you're um that's making- called sexual fascism <laughs> <laughs> If that is a thing, I like that. <laughs> it's not. I just made it up. <laughs> so that's going to be the name of the episode. Thank you so much. <laughs> Sexual fascism. <laughs> but no, there is no one size fits, fits all. These that, That's the thing. People try to water down what these complex subjects are into like a blanket statement. And you can't do that. You have to approach things from all angles, especially sex. Exactly. Like, I've had so many people ask me, like, oh, is this considered rape? And I'm like, it depends on the situation. It really does. Like, even when it comes to drunk sex, there are plenty of people who enjoy having drunk sex. Legally, is it rape? Yes. But if did both persons consent to it? It depends on if they really did, if they were cognizant enough to have this conversation with their partner and they had that trust and comfort with their partner and they engaged in that. It's not and just having that conversation just it's so much consent's also not just a one-time thing you can't just ask the first thing it's a it's a constant you have to continue it you have to continue it's just a simple like is this okay is like all you need exactly it doesn't have to be that hard (laughs) it doesn't have to be and um before we jump deep into that conversation we'll say that for the next episode because yeah yeah, that's what that one's about (laughs) so um to come from the tangent back to the actual episode uh, one of the things that i uh, wanted to touch base on is the difference between sex work and sex trafficking Mm -hmm. what do you have for us well, so there's a lot of like conversation that's happening, especially like in the porn world, a lot of like Tumblr, Craigslist, all this stuff is kind of like doing their best to combat sex trafficking because a lot of the people on those have been tra- or are victims of, of trafficking and they just weren't aware of it. Unfortunately, it's kind of a band-aid situation. Um, there's a lot more nuance to the conversation about that. But the difference, the main difference between sex work and sex trafficking is the people who engage in sex work actually enjoy sex work. The people who are engaging in sex trafficking are kind of doing so because they're being forced. Um, They're not, a lot of them might not think they're being forced into it, but they're kind of being manipulated into it at the very least. You know, that's ultimately the biggest difference between the two. Um, I personally think that it is a whole lot. Let me rephrase that actually. Um, I think that the, the Band-Aid situation of these kind of, you know, Tumblr, Craigslist, all that stuff, that doesn't really address the thing. It just makes the websites not liable for the actual mm-hmm. um, abuses that are being taken place, place on their platform. But it's the thing that really helps it is that really assists is addressing the more socioeconomic issues and, and investing in resources for victims. 
I agree. I agree 100%. Like, Tumblr porn was amazing. Um, and, and we've the, all probably seen someone who was being trafficked, and we just didn't know it. That, too. And even when it comes to, like, I, I saw this documentary, and it was about um, many other young women who go into the porn industry, and they either cycle um, downward or they just have a spiral uh, into um, I guess addiction or just being unhappiness or being um, having vaginal tears and whatnot because they're being put in scenes that they're not ready for and all of this and just how brutal the porn industry can be for these uh, these people Um, Mm -hmm. and it, it hurt me because I'm like why why not take this person's um their youth in consideration their experience in consideration their Mm -hmm. comfort level rather than just putting them in scenes that you know that they're not ready for putting them in situations that they may uh experience some kind of tearing rather than making everything comfortable because when i see porn granted i don't like the I love amateur porn for the most part, but whenever I see something that has quality production, my mindset always um, goes to the prep within it, the um, comfortability of these individuals Mm -hmm. who are involved, um, the pleasure that the person is actually receiving, because you can tell those things whenever you've experienced good sex, let's put it that way. You can tell if the person's really being pleased in the scenes that they're in. And I don't see that in a lot of these um, videos. And it makes me extremely uncomfortable because of that too. Yeah. A lot of amateurs, I think, you know, this is, I'm no, I'm no expert in this, but like a lot of the amateurs, that I know of and heard of, they're kind of just dipping into it. They're not really like sure what they're doing with it just yet. And it's just kind of like a step in the door. Whereas the people who work in like the studios are very professional. They, they know exactly what they're doing. They know like there's a, usually a set around them. There's usually like one or two camera guys. There's usually like people that are there kind of like making things comfortable for them. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's kind of leads into our next topic, which is like legalizing sex work. Mm-hmm. Is the people that actually do engage in it um, have the same kind of, Uh, legal protections that anyone else who has a job would do Mm. you know there's a paper trail there's like legal legal protections so like you can say my boss was like abusing me or whatever and uh like you work at a grocery store you can say my boss was abusing me Mm. fine they're gonna go to hr they're gonna do all this stuff that doesn't happen for people who are engaging in sex work and there's also a stigma around that as well because they think like well if you're in this work then you're inviting it no that's not the case you know so it's because of if you add legal protections with this, it kind of weeds out the nefarious agents of, you know, the trafficking itself and the people who are in it just to kind of like abuse others. Mm-hmm. That that goes back to the exploitation thing. Yeah. Like <laughs> if you cannot exploit people, their lives get so, so much easier. As long as and a lot of the times too, like mm-hmm. when they actually go through the legal process for, or the legal processes for this, they, the victims themselves are often put in jail too, because they are the ones that are engaging in something like sex work, which is mm-hmm. illegal under, under us law. So they're oftentimes afraid to even say anything because of that, because they might go to jail themselves. So it's, it's a very complex, there is like a no win kind of thing with mm-hmm. it, you know? Oh, I think that's another conversation to, um, uh 
just figure out where can you start, <laughs> where to start with legalization. But I know there's plenty of uh, sex workers who are also advocates who are doing their best to um, make things better, to legalize sex work, as well as get rid of SESTA-FOSTA, because I read over it. And SESTA-FOSTA, what's that? So that is the, ooh, what's the acronym again? It's essentially a act that uh, a legal act that was uh, passed in order for uh, publishers like Facebook and other social media uh, platforms um, to not be liable for what other people post on their platforms that may be like. Oh, this is recent, huh? Yeah, like I think within the last, it was around uh, 2020-ish, probably the year before that. Um, it's, It's the reason why if you post anything that has the word orgasm or mention pleasure on Instagram, you're un- you're not able to post it or it's, uh, or the algorithm puts you a lot further down because mm-hmm. of what you're talking about. Uh, however, you can uh, speak about um, like condom, condom usage and anything that's abstinence-based education. You can freely say those kind of things and there's no punishments related to it. Uh, It's also the reason why um, you cannot show nipples online um, except for if it's a male chest because we love men. Actually, I think that was repealed. I think you can show nipples on Instagram now. You can show nipples? Oh my God. I think Mm. so because Chelsea Handler was like, yeah, I can show nipples, I think. If I'm oh. not mistaken, did I make this up? I'm not, I don't remember. I, I feel like this is pretty recent though. Oh my gosh. Look, I might need to like drop some, um, some extra photos. <laughs> Let the titties, it's free titty Let Fridays. Titties Let the titties, free the titties out. Free all the titties. Oh my God. Let me find out Instagram. Like, I just need someone because I don't have the technical uh, experience to do this. And I just don't have the time of the day to just make an app where you can just be sexual and be free. And also within this app, protect vulnerable populations, like just a holistic approach to app creation. I know it's probably not going to be able to make it on iPhones. I'm sorry. uh, I I have my iPhone, but I would definitely get an Android to, um, take part in that social media platform yeah <laughs> love you apple but goodbye bitch i'll be your first <laughs> investor i'll be your first investor. right <laughs> it'll be so much fun like that's all i use twitter for anyways it's for my twitter porn and if i whenever twitter does go down i just need to know what's going to be the next platform where i can get these, <laughs> the same stuff okay <laughs> well, you're not going to be mastodon because mastodon sucks <laughs> I tried it. <laughs> it sucked i'm like what the fuck server what no thank you no thank you we're good on that <laughs> unless they hire the old people from twitter hmm but I, again, I don't want a repeat Twitter. I really don't. I just want something completely new. Yeah. <sighs> but with that being said, are you ready to transition into a little bit of Never Have I Ever? Yeah, let's do it. All righty. So uh, I always lose this game. I was telling you earlier. <laughs> so let's see. Never have I ever worn a chastity device. Oh, I've never worn that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> look, look at that. Me neither. Uh, would you, though? Probably try it out. Like, Never say I, no. I've been thinking about it. Um, it's not I mean, I've worn cock rings for like days. Like, <laughs> really? How Which, was that experience? Don't do that because, <laughs> um, because uh, 
I, when I finally took it off, I took it off as maybe like 48 hours. Um, but I, I started getting an infection in my left testicle. Oh my God. But like it, like it was so painful. It, it swells the size of like a tennis ball. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and I had to go and I go to the doctor and be like, what the fuck is going on with my ball? Well, it's because like I had worn that thing for so long that like the, the actual like membranes inside were kind of like getting, getting rubbed the wrong way mm-hmm. and it got irritated. And then the bacteria got into it from the urinary tract. And it was basically a UTI in my ball sack. It was Oh my God. Okay, so did you only have to do antibiotics, or did did it require more like just antibiotics? Yeah. Oh, thank God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it was so painful. <laughs> it sounds painful. Um, like whenever I, so um, if you whoever feels like judging me, I accept the judgment. I don't give a damn. So one of the reasons why I kind of want to try the chastity device is because I kind of want to pee while wearing one. I don't know why. And I don't work. Right? That's the reason I I just want to figure that out. And uh, I also feel like I might end up peeing on myself too. So I feel like I might just have to sit on the toilet when I do, uh, like, try to piss while wearing one. Shower, yeah. Yeah, or the shower. Um, Oh, that's a good conversation. So, (laughs) piss in the shower, yes or no? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Same. And I try to aim for the drain. drain. Why why do people have a hard like, time thinking about this i still clean my shower like every time people have that argument and they are like so disgusted by it, i'm like do you not clean your shower like no they don't <laughs> <laughs> like, but like, even still, it's liquid it goes right down the drain exactly like i i just will never understand why people are so disgusted by that thought and i'm like okay are you the only person in your household? If so, do whatever the fuck you want to do. No one's judging you. If 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 it's someone else in your household, okay, do whatever the fuck you want to do. Like you can step out of the shower, piss, and then step right back in. But I'm wasting water at this point, so I'm just gonna go ahead and go and keep my life great. <laughs> so you ready for another one? Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say what what kind of chastity belt though would you would you try? I would like maybe try a metal one. Oh, definitely metal for me. There's something kind of like medieval and like interesting about that. I think <laughs> I, I have a thing for metal, so I, I just have to. I just have to like yeah. yeah. Just you know, I think I will put it in the freezer before actually putting it on, just to have that cold feeling to it. <laughs> okay, I, I need to give me a chastity device. There we go. That's that might That's be my on next the list. Purchase. Amazon. <laughs> What do you got for me today? (laughs) (laughs) So I I might need to, yeah, I might, I don't consider, you know, I can, I will make the argument that that's a sex toy. So I'm going to get one and then review it for the vibrator in my pod. There you go. I'm going to do that. Yes. So never have I ever participated in an orgy. (sighs) I have. I yeah. have not yet. I want to. What, what's an orgy? Like, like define an orgy. Like, just three or more people. If it's so, for me, I will say an orgy is probably four or more. Um, four the more. reason why is because like a threesome, it just doesn't seem right because yeah. there's a word for it, and True. then any more than that, it's just okay and it's so long as everybody involved are engaging with each other be it uh like 
flip-flopping or swapping out partners and stuff mm-hmm. like that if it's just two separate people having sex in the same room i don't count that's just a one-on-one session it's just convenient right. like you're in the, you're at the hotel room and you got right. couples that's that's what <laughs> that just is sharing a space. <laughs> that is not an orgy to me but like well, then yeah i have i have had an orgy, I've been an orgy how was that experience for you um it was fine I, mean, I wasn't super into like everyone that was there, but like I was, I was like, yeah, it was fine. It was cool. I let loose a little bit. I was like, sure, let's let's go. <laughs> let's live tonight. You know, I was I, not sober at the time. I probably <laughs> helped. <laughs> I, I I need to plan one, um, and I think that's that's going to be my next mission to plan an orgy and set that up and just attend and enjoy it. Enjoy it. <laughs> I don't think it. I will be able to do it here in Augusta, um, but I might be able to in Atlanta because there's a lot more open-minded people there. But at the I'm same sure, time, sure, I am sure you can find an orgy in Atlanta. Atlanta, right? Atlanta's a freaky place. <laughs> it really is. Oh my gosh. Like, oh my God. <laughs> it's the only thing is that Atlanta energy always bothers me. So I'm just like, mm, I'm good on that. Yeah. But I, I, I might do that. I'm going to do that. <laughs> would you like a would you rather? Yeah. Would you rather? Oh, this actually fits the episode. That's great. Uh, would you rather pay for sex or get paid for it? Well, I've never gotten paid for it, so I'd like to prefer that. <laughs> <laughs> for me, this is one of those questions I have to just say both of them because, like, both of them just works for me. Like, I have I been paid for sex? Actually, someone um, gave me gas money, and they did it in a very weird way. They put it in my glove compartment. And I was like, did I just? That's what? the... That's the vehicular equivalent of like putting them on the on the, on the exactly. side table. I was like, <laughs> "What just happened?" Like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like right here. Like, you could just hand that to me. Like, there's no laws that was broken here. Um, but okay, like, what are we doing here? So that happened. Um, I will say that times I've paid for sex, no, it wasn't good. And one time I got ripped off, so I was like, I don't fuck this shit ever again yeah and that's my issue that is my issue it's like i don't want to pay for something and i don't enjoy it and Mm -hmm. for me i i need a professional like if i've been watching a certain person's content for such a long time and i'm like oh i would love to engage with them and have sex with them oh definitely i will pay for it if it's not satisfying okay it happened but i was a like i paid for their time anyway so i'm okay with that i need i need a um uh i need a uh, what's the what's the movie called good luck to you leo grand experience i I need that experience Mm. you know this movie Mm -hmm. oh you should watch Watch this it's a really great movie it's a really great kind of like illustration of like sex work and like what it kind of what the benefits can be there's a whole lot to it it's really cool oh yeah uh, what was the name of that again you said good, good luck, luck to leo. you good luck to you leo grand like spelled l uh, l-e-o-g-r-a-n-d-e like grande but like grand mm. i'm gonna add that to my weekend list of things to watch after digimon <clears throat> Digimon. Digimon. Oh, Patamon. Because he he evolves into 
fucking Enjimon, and then Mega Enjimon, and then Seraphimon. I, I don't know why, but when that happened when I was younger, I was like, oh my fucking goodness, it's an angel. <laughs> yes. And I, I, it's like, he's, he, I've been sold since. <laughs> Mine's Vimon. Vimon's my oh, favorite. Oh, Vimon is so adorable. Irritating, but adorable as hell. Irrit- that, that's my vibe. <laughs> Irritating, <laughs> but adorable. <laughs> Yeah, personality. I liked him. Close second would be Gatomon. Gatomon's cool. Oh, yes, yes. She's she's my um second. She's like my number two. And I love every single one of her evolutions as well. Self for when she was like the the cat with the stone tablets. Like I enjoy the concept. I like I loved like the way she looked, but I also was like, she's pointless. She's just a flying cat that throws stone tablets. I know. The whole show didn't make any sense. (laughs) What are we doing here? Oh, God. All righty. So, do you have any last words that you would like to share with the audience before I close this out? Just do it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Nike. (laughs) This episode. There's a story about this. There's a story about this. There's a story mm-hmm. about this. So did you know that the Nike logo, the Nike uh, slogan, just do it, was actually the last words of a man that was on death row. Oh, that's where that's where they got the slogan from. Dark history. The more oh. you know. Does this man have like uh, surviving relatives that are currently alive? Because I feel like Nike owes them somebody for that. I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do. <laughs> if you watch a recent episode of My Favorite Murder, they tell the whole story. It's pretty wild. Wow yeah oh well look we got a history fact (laughs) (laughs) you get a lot with me (laughs) i see i see i love it well thank you so much demi for coming on to the podcast you are greatly appreciated sir thank you for having me i appreciate it of course so to the audience out there thank you all so much for listening to the whole little podcast where we step out and speak on sexuality just in case no one else told you this today you are beautiful you are worthy of happiness and joy you are enough and then some you may not live up to the expectation of others but that is okay you are only required to walk in your own shoes may each day you live lead you towards abundance with that said love you all and see you next episode bye bye Thank you for listening to the Holiloquy Podcast, where we step out and speak on sexuality. You can subscribe to the podcast through your favorite podcasting app and find us on the web at www.holiloquy.com. That's www.h-e-a-u-x-l-i-l-o-q-u-y.com. Share the podcast with your friends and join the conversation.